0: You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. Uh,
1: it's gonna be awesome today. I don't wanna take any time from our captains here. So each captain's gonna come up, share for a quick 10 minutes, and then we will, we will see what God wants to do. So I'm gonna all, mention all three. Our first up, don't come up yet, is going to be... Tyson, the Polynesian werewolf, Manu. (laughs) Then we're going to hear from BJ, the crusher, Stetson. I'm just making stuff up right now, okay? I don't even know what I'm going to say for you, John. (laughs) And then we're going to hear from John, the legend, Johnston. Your name is a lot of John, man. You had so much John on you that your parents just said, let's double down on the John. I love it. I love it. So, hey, will you guys do me a favor and let's engage with these captains. Let's shout them down. They got something to share. This guy took seventh overall of 51 teams, won it for Salt Lake City. Welcome up, Tyson money
2: Man, God is in this place. God is in this place. and before I get into the message I just felt to talk real quick on praise and worship praise and worship is more than just singing and you know clapping your hands and, and raising your hands praise and worship it's it's a it's a spiritual thing naturally I, I don't like singing I suck at it <laughs> I don't I want to put my hands in my pocket naturally but your spirit, comes alive when you praise and you worship. And so let me let me share a quick verse. Galatians 5, 17 says, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. You see, when you when you're when you're praising naturally we see you just want to go like this. But your spirit, when it starts to come alive, you start to raise your hands and praise God. And what happens, it starts to build up your spirit to receive the word, to receive the word. So just a little word of advice when it comes to praise and worship. Start jumping around. <laughs> Man, I just want to thank our leadership. Man, we have such good leadership here. Uh, Pastor Matt and Loren Tuggle. It's, Appreciate you. From San Diego. I just felt that God said four campuses are going to come out of Salt Lake City. It's on the backs of you guys pioneering it. So we're praying for you guys, a like covering over you guys, energy to take this city, to take this city. And then the Craigs, Pastor Vince and Becca, are they in the house? Man, I, I wouldn't be up here if it wasn't for them with. Their discipleship and their leadership, tough conversations. Man, those suck, but <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it. So don't get offended. Take it as food for thought and grow from it. So, Emerge Conference was nuts. Like, the, the power of God came down and hit 2,700 men and my wife was asking me like, all these stories, and, and I'm still trying to just process it and, and, and get all the fruit out of that. And one of my favorite stories was uh, called Knocker Balls. It was one of the challenges we had to do. And all of the challenges was a team challenge where you'd put your best nine on the rope or your best six out on the, on the bench press. But Knocker Balls was one-on-one. You take your champion from your team we'll take our champion and we'll put them at each other. You have 30 seconds, you put on this big old like rubber ball and you guys just like go at it. And so they called the captains up into the middle of the circle and so I go up there and I meet with their captain and uh, the, the ref goes, all right, team, you guys pick your champion. So the captain looks at his team and he goes, Brad, where's Brad at? Brad comes out and he was tall, he had good hair, he was <laughs> handsome. And the team was just like, yeah, Brad. And Brad was like, yeah, I'm going to kill him. (laughs) And so I look at Brad, and I just go, Lilo. Lilo. And so their whole team just kind of looks over at our team. And Lilo was at the back. He was behind all of our guys. And so they couldn't see him. They're like, who's Lilo? And our whole, our whole team at this point is like, Lilo. <laughs> and our guys start like parting way, and Lilo just. <laughs> 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 and he comes through. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I looked at their team and their captain and I saw shock. And then defeat. <laughs> they were just <laughs> shocked. And at that moment, I knew. I knew like we were going to win. They had no chance. And, and that's a word for somebody. Yeah. Whatever issue, whatever challenge you're facing, you've already won in Christ. Come on. <laughs> I love these conferences. I love coming to church. I love mission trips because... When you come into the house of God, when you hear a word and the faith is high, you start to just, you start to resonate. Your spirit comes alive and you hunger for righteousness. Like sin has no chance against you. And then sadly, what we see oftentimes is we get back, you know, into the normal routine and you still have that, that, that high, you know, the spiritual high. But as time goes on, it kind of starts to fade, and, you know, maybe two, three weeks, two months later, you're back in the same position as you were before, and I'm here to give you guys a message to keep that from happening, okay, and I felt like God put this on my heart. He gave me a specific passage in uh, the book of Mark, or Matthew, that uh, talks about when you receive something from God, what to do with it, what to do with it, and so I'm going to Briefly talk on the parable of the bags of gold or the parable of the talents. It's in Matthew 25. I'm not going to read it because I've only got a a few minutes left, but I'll paraphrase it for you. I'll summarize what happened. So, in Matthew 25, Jesus tells a parable of the bags of gold, and there's a master, and he's going on a journey. And before he goes on his journey, he calls his three servants into his household. And he gives them each a portion of gold. To the first one, he gives five bags. To the second one, two bags. And then to the third one, he gives one bag. And then he goes on his journey. And after a long time, the master returns back to his household. And he settles the accounts with the servants. And the first servant, he said, Master, look what I did. I took the five bags of gold that you gave me, and I went out immediately and made five more. And the master says, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. Now I'll put you in charge of many things. Come join in your father's happiness. The second servant comes in, says the same thing. Look, I took these two bags of gold and I went and multiplied it, turned it into two more. And the master says, well done, good and faithful servant. Exact same thing that he said to the first one. Come join in your father's happiness. But the last servant, he goes up to his master and says, master, I knew you to be a hard man. So I took the gold that you gave me and I just dug a hole and I buried it. But here's the gold back. Here's here's the return. And you would think the master would say, well, hey, at least you didn't lose it. (laughs) But he says, you wicked and lazy servants. And he casts him out of his home into the darkness and takes the bag of gold and gives it to the servant who made 10 bags of gold. Church, there's a, There's an obligation, there's a responsibility that we individually have that when God imparts something into you, when God imparts gold into your life, you have a duty to take that gold and not just let it sit in your life. You need to work it out. You need to activate the gold that he's given you. Every Sunday, every conference you go to, there is gold being released. There is gold into your life. And so, the title of my message is actually the same as my one point, because I only got 10 minutes, and it's Use It or Lose It. Use it or Lose It. There's an ownership that must take place, and there's two areas that you need to focus on first. Number one is your family. Take ownership of your family, lead your family, be the spiritual Christian leader in your family, the example. The second one is the church. You have an obligation to build the church. God calls you to go make disciples in all the world. And so, how do you help build the church? It's through serving, it's through serving. You have to raise your hand and figure out where, where God do you, do you want me to serve? Where, my talents, my gifts that you've given me, I will sow them back in the house. And watch as you do that, there is favor that comes over your life. There is blessing that comes over your life. You're not allowed. You can't just sit there and keep it all to yourself. There is a receiving and then an outpouring, a receiving and an outpouring. I'm not only just serving as captain, of Sons of Judah I find that serving I can't afford not to serve I have to serve and so I serve as captain but I also serve hold on Kids church baby <laughs> If you like Play-Doh, if you like playing swords, if you like superheroes, get in kids' church. Shout out to Brinley. Talk to Brinley if you want to serve in kids. And I just want to say, if, if you're sitting here like, man, I, I, don't, I don't want to serve. I just, I just want to come and, and receive and then go home and, you know, do my life. Well, let me just share one verse as I close this out. It's Matthew twenty sixteen. Matthew twenty sixteen says, so the last will be first and the first will be last so the last will be first and the first will be last when you serve you are saying me last you first me last you first and God sees that and he says because you've put yourself last and others first I will put you first I will put you first you will watch as promotion comes into your life financial blessing comes into your life addictions, things that you've struggled with in the past you won't struggle with. There's a growing that comes through it. Hmm. All right, I'm gonna bring up our next speaker, PGA pro golfer, father, he's got a beautiful wife, a boss in the marketplace, she sells homes, as a real estate agent up in Promontory. Uh, Captain of the Warlords, why don't we give it up for B.J. (laughs) Staten.
0: Woo, I got to follow that. Mm. You know what's really awesome is I'm moving this back so I can walk right through here. (sighs) You know, I'm missing uh, Tiger Woods' uh, World Golf Hall of Fame induction for this. So, But I've got it, hey, I've got it recorded. Um, you know, it's more important than that, uh, than that Hall of Fame, which is the Hall of Fame that I think every single one of us wants to get into, and that's the Kingdom of Jesus Christ's Hall of Fame at the end of the day. <clears throat> I don't think I'm good enough to uh, get in the Golf Hall of Fame, and that's okay. Uh, yeah, give me some time. Give me, so, give me some blessing, Lord, give me some blessing. Uh, just a precursor, um... And I tell you what, that last scene of uh, Jerry Maguire where Cuba Gooding Jr. is standing in front of Roy Firestone and he's about to get his new contract. And he looks at Roy and he says, I promised you I wouldn't cry. That might be me, so just, <laughs> so just, <laughs> just give me a little blessing. This, hey, this ain't a G-rated church here, guys. This is not G-rated not G-rated. I'll tell you what, if you want to find a G-rated church, I'll walk you out the door and we can go find a temple or a tabernacle down the street if you want to go to a G-rated church. Okay? I'll go there. Whew. Out of the gates. Hey, you know what? In all things, lead by example, not by, not by explanation, right? Lead by example, not by explanation. Oh, I just want to honor a few people that are here. Obviously, Pastor Matt, uh, what an honor for me to um, not only serve, but uh, be a captain of this team. Uh, the guys on Warlords, um, they didn't get frustrated after tug of war and not making it up on stage for a, a few of the games. They just they just battled. And I'm so proud of every single one of them. I'm, I'm, um, I want to honor Lonnie real quick. Yes. Um, he put a lot of time and effort into... Uh, what took place and Emerge, and obviously the precursor to it, like what we experienced prior. Like, you know, we started getting texts, you know, eight months ago, guys, and all that goes into it, Lonnie had to put together. So I just, uh, I just, I thank you for that, buddy. I love you. Appreciate it. I wanna honor my co captain, Walter McClinton, over here. Him and I had a lot of uh, awesome conversations pre emerge, of just kind of, I'm just gonna push you through this door, bro, okay? I just, I just want you to go this straight. And he's like, okay, let's do it. Hiram, my games captain, God bless, there's a leader on, there's an anointing on that man, I don't think he's here, but man, there is an absolute anointing on Hiram, and I just, I am so grateful for, you know, everybody that uh, was on my team, and, and I tell you what, uh, my warlords, we're going to run it back, okay? I got two words for uh, Kingdom Builders down in San Diego who won, Bobby Wagner, those are my two words, starting, starting middle linebacker for Seattle Seahawks, good solid Christian, come on! Come on somebody. Uh Devin, we ready? I'm going to read this real quick, guys. If you saw the size of the blessing coming to you, you well, it should say you. You would understand the magnitude of the battle you were fighting. I'm going to read it again. If you saw the size of the everybody say blessing coming to you, you would understand the magnitude of the you were fighting. If this doesn't epitomize Emerge, I, I'm not really sure what does, right? Like, this, this, is, this is the Quan right here, if you ask me. And I don't know who wrote it. I can't, take, I can't, I can't claim it. I wish I could. I wish, I wish it said, like, BJ Staten right down there. It doesn't. I can't remember where I saw it. But it spoke such volume to me of the battle that every single one of the men who went to Emerge experienced and what they took out of it, the magnitude of what they took out of it, and what they brought back home. As captains, we got to see and experience quite a few amazing things. Um, My boy Leo, we're going to call him out again. You're getting picked on tonight, pal, but I'll tell you what, I was sitting there, and I was listening to Jeff Forbes speak, and Jeff Forbes was talking about, and don't, don't take this personally, Davina, if you can translate some of this, that'd be phenomenal, but He was talking about being sexually abused. He was talking about not knowing how to love growing up and not being loved so in turn he couldn't feed it out. He had lost that vulnerability and his vulnerability led him into so many things that were unjust or unchristian like. And as Jeff was talking, I had Leo in front of me, here, and he just knelt over and I could just see him start to weep. At that same moment, guys, I turned to my right, I had Luciano one of our other solid Brazilians, bawling his eyes out, guys, of just, I I mean, whatever the pressure was, and I, I don't know what their situation is. I don't care. At that moment in time, I put my hand here on Leo, and I put my hand here on Luciano, and the Holy Spirit just flowed through me, and I just started to bawl my eyes out. And it was so awesome, guys. Those are the things that are so amazing at emerge when you just don't even understand it. You don't know what he's going through. You don't know what this guy's going through. You don't know what he's going through with his wife or his girlfriend or his work or all of those things. But Jesus unlocks all of that, guys. He gives you the opportunity to unlock that vulnerability, which leads into breakthrough. Okay? That man broke through at that moment. And I got to be there and be a part of it. I got to put my hands on it and say, you know what? I'm going to lead through ownership of this man who goes to my church. <clears throat> the, book of, uh, the book of John, chapter 11, verse 35. Jesus wept. Every emerged man in here knows that we do not let another emerged man cry alone. We stand up and we cry with them. We experience what they're experiencing. We're not holding their hand. We're not guiding them. God's guiding them. We're there with them. I guarantee you that when Jesus wept, it, and, and it was the story of Lazarus, if I'm not correct, and Mary was weeping, he wasn't crying alone. It just said Jesus wept. I guarantee you it doesn't say Jesus wept alone. It just said Jesus wept. I guarantee you he didn't what? We do not let another emerge man cry alone. That is what we do when we go to this conference. That is what we experience on a daily basis, even if it's for two days. That's okay. I had to help John Lang do chili. <laughs> gotta eat. Gotta eat. No food poison this year. Praise the Lord. <sighs> I had to help John Lang do poison. I kept walking like in and out of my camper. And every time I walked in there, I just felt the Holy Spirit. And we had about 15 guys. Walt brought this up, brought this up at uh, Men's Prayer yesterday. And at some point, I told John Lang, I was like, bro, I'm out. I got to go, go see what's going on in here. And I walked in there, and you talk about ownership. You talk about vulnerability that leads into breakthrough of what you're trying to do see and experience not only it emerged but you bring that you bring that stuff back home right okay again we're not a g-rated church that's down the street <laughs> have it. not stopping you and i saw tears i saw people break things off that were on their boarding boards before they're going to throw them in that night and just super vulnerability that I said, that's the power of Christ. That's the power of Awaken. That's the power of these men. That's the power of Emerge Conference. <laughs> Ownership. You own it. You own it every day, guys. Ownership rewards the faithful. And I think that's remarkably impactful. I challenge every man in this room. Today's February 9th, or March 9th, correct? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that uh, Merge starts in 365 days. February, February 9th, 2023. Thank you, John Lang. Get to work on that chili, bro. I challenge every single one of you guys to own, to own what you learned to take advantage of it, to feed it off into your neighbors, into your workplace. You take that ownership, just like, just like Tyson. I take ownership in wearing this shirt as being a leader, being chosen. Not by, not by these guys, not by Lonnie, but by Jesus Christ. He's one who fuels that. I'll tell you what else I own. I own this team, too. But I do it with everybody who's on my team. I just take ownership of it. Get in the house of God. Believe in it. Put your faith and trust in it. We're gonna throw a lot more clothes. If you want me to keep going, I can, you know? Put your faith and trust in the team that you're looking into, the team that you're trying to build into, the person that you're trying to build into. Look at your neighbor, slap them on the back and say, I gotta do a better job. I need to step up. I can, I, can, I can be that leader just like I can. Just like God appointed me to and ask that of me. Rewards the faithful, guys. Own those tears because they're real and they allow for your vulnerability and it allows you to break through. Where are my warlords at? We're gonna run it back. I got four words for my warlords. Who's got my back? Let's go. <laughs> All right, I went over. I'm exhausted. I Need some water. Um, man, you know, I, hey, hey, we uh, we save the best for last. You know, we. We saved the uh, the Apostle, you know? You know, that's the the legendary, the Apostle, Mr. John Johnston. Good
3: job, baby. I had to do it. This is an ode to my team last year, baby. We move boxes, I mean, we move mountains. I can't. Uh, when do you want to hold that me? Thank you. Sorry. I just want to start off and say uh, thank you to our legendary, the original legendary, Pastor Matt, Pastor Loren. Just a the fact, they were like, "Hey, you want to leave an emergency this year?" And I was like, "I guess." And he's like, "No, no, you got it." So uh, just thanks for, for believing in me. Uh, of course, the Craigs. I don't know if you guys are in here, Pastor Jurgen and Leanne. Uh, and I cannot thank everybody, the work they put in. Lonnie put in tireless work, like to the point where I would see him call me and be like, ugh. But he was keeping me on it. And because he did that, we had a great emerge. So, uh, but I also wanted to thank uh, all the captains of my team, Avery, Spencer, Teddy Bear, if he's in here, you can't call him, you can't call him that, only I can, uh, John Day, Austin, Like, it was just, I could not have done it without them. It really was uh, a team effort. So, but I wanted to start off tonight, and I wanted to talk about uh, a little bit of the story of the guys picking up the paralyzed man to take him to Jesus. So, I'm going to just briefly skim the the version out of Mark. So, Jesus shows up on the scene. Obviously, everybody knows who he is at this point. People are going nuts. He's like a movie star. and He's in this house, and these guys can't go into the house. And they realized uh, our buddy needs healing. So they literally pick him up on his mat. They try to take him to this house, and it's packed, and they can't get in. These dudes literally hoist him on top of the house, start property damage, and then lower him in to get his healing. And because of their faith, he was healed. Uh, That was out of Mark 2, 1 through 5, if you want to go read it. So I wanted to start off kind of a story from Emerge that kind of just embodies this spirit. So my games captain, Spencer, uh, he really had this buddy he wanted to bring, and the guy happened to be in a wheelchair. And obviously we're out in the dirt, in the middle of nowhere, right? It's not really wheelchair accessible. And Spencer was like, he was determined to get him there. He did not care what it took. He's like, we're going. We were pulling strings. We were calling on these people. He had to get a special trailer for him. all these things. And uh, to the point where like, he was just like constantly like, he's, we're going to get him there. Because he knew if he could get him there, he could have breakthrough, right? He could have something. Um, so, so we get there, right? So up until like a few days before, he calls me and he texts me, and he's like, "Hey, we still don't have a trailer." And so I'm texting people, I'm talking to Pastor Matt. We're trying to find people from San Diego. And I just told him, I was like, "We're just gonna pray and we're gonna send it." And then shortly after that, he texts me. He's like, "Boom, we got a trailer, right?" <laughs> okay, so so everybody goes down. He has to take his truck. He's got all this gear. He's got his wheelchair, he's got this special wheelchair, all this we're, we're you know, caravaning down to San Diego. And uh, so we get there, he, I see him sitting there, he's like the trailer is still not here. We didn't even know the trailer was gonna show up. So everybody's scrambling, all this kind of stuff. Uh, Spencer's on the phone trying to find his trailer and I am so proud of the Emerge Mend because we were like, we're like that's fine, we'll move this guy, we'll do this and we were like willing to restructure everything so this guy had a decent place to sleep. It like brought a lot of joy to my heart and I think it really meant a lot to Spencer and his friend. So, as you all know, we do games, right? There's tug of war. There's all these things. And uh, Spencer and I were talking. We're like, we got to get them to be able to do something, right? Because you don't know, just show up and sit around. Like, that's lame. But there's like archery and these other things. And we were talking to like, hey, man, we want you to do whatever you feel like you can do. And he's like, great. I love it. Let's do it. So, fast forward to the games. And we're getting set up. We're doing all this stuff. Uh, the boys crush it in tug of war, uh, even though San Diego cheated, but we're not gonna talk about that. <laughs> we're getting cleats next year, dang it. Um, so, uh, so we got to the second game and the team was actually doing really well. Uh, but for time's sake, they cut like half the games and it happened to be the half that we thought that he could do some stuff in. And so like, you know, we were a little bummed and all these things. And the one I did, we did have is there was a relay race. And, uh, So he has a wheelchair that's incredible. It's basically like a mini four-wheeler. It's got a big old metal frame. It's got these big old mountain bike tires on it. Supposedly it goes up to like 25 miles an hour. So we're like, I wonder if he wanted to do the relay part of the race. And we're like, okay, right, we're just kinda, you know, we're kicking the idea around. Anyway, so we go through the games. We do really well, we make it to the finals. Uh, Sorry, Sons of Judah. Uh, But we made it to the finals. In fairness, in fairness, they, they own tug of war and they would have won if San Diego didn't cheat. Um, so we get there and we're doing the relay and it's just like chaos at this point. Everybody's trying to scramble to get to the point. We're trying to figure out who's going to do what. And I walk up to Eli, I was like, are you still down to do the 400 part of the race? And, he, and he's like, you turn, you see this little spark in his eye. He's like, you bet I am. And I was like, all right, here we go. So uh, he's doing the last, four, the last part of the 400 down the hill and you can't really see it as they're, as they're starting at the thing. So they start, right? uh, Ted's a savage, by the way. I was like, dang, I didn't know that boy could move like that. So he gets up there, and we're sitting there waiting. We're sitting there waiting. And you see, like, you know, you see a couple guys start back down the hills. Okay, we're not going to win, which is kind of a bummer. But I was like, dude, I was like, it doesn't even matter. I was like, I can't imagine how he's going to be flying down this hill. And I'm like, praying. I'm like, Jesus, please do not let him crash. Because if he crashes, this thing is beastly. He's taking some dudes out with him. Like, anyways, so I'm standing there and you see him turn the corner and we just go nuts like everybody is freaking out on their feet and you see him just bombing down this hill and we're just going nuts like we are winning and he crosses the thing and everybody's cheering and all of that kind of stuff and it was just a it was a moment about being your brother's keeper about doing what it takes to fight for your community to have breakthrough oh. All right so it's a great story, right, like why I tell the story. Because a merge doesn't end on Saturday. What Spencer did for his friend is the spirit that we all need to carry 365, right? It doesn't end there. We need to have the same priorities there as we did here. It doesn't even matter if it's a merge or cherish or the marriage conference. Or even in the mission field, that was always the thing with the mission field. It's like, they were like, we don't know what to do. Well, now you need to go back and you need to affect your community. Now you need to be the change, right? And that's like what I've discovered over the years is I need to take ownership, not at things just like Emerge back at home. Emerge is simply the catalyst that pushes all those things. So that's not why I'm only an Emerge captain. Of course my wife runs up. (laughs) I was trying not to flash anybody. But I also lead, sorry Rich, just turn on the Connect shirt up here, I'll wear that one too. Uh, But that's also why I lead the usher and security team. Because I know, and I, pardon my French, I will be damned if I let the devil take any more of this city because I'm not willing to step up. ain't gonna happen ain't gonna happen the guys in the bible were literally willing to risk bodily injury property damage ridicule all to get some dude on a roof and drop him through spencer was willing to risk everything to get his buddy to emerge so my question is what are you willing to do what are you willing to do to take responsibility for your family for your church for your spouse okay Are you willing to fight for someone's breakthrough? Because it was by their faith that that man was changed. It was by Spencer's faith that his buddy was changed. It's very possibly gonna be by your faith that someone else is changed. Are you gonna fight for someone when their marriage is busted up? Are you gonna fight for someone when they're facing suicide? Are you gonna fight for somebody? Because this is the church. It's not about this building, it's about these people. And we are called to go out into the world and wreck some faces. Because there's too much at stake, too much at stake to be sitting around thinking, eh, I'll let someone else do it. In kids, how do you know a kid's not going through crazy abuse and he hasn't had a smile all week and you are the person that gives him that smile? How do you know you're not the person in the front row doing high shirts and giving high fives? That stuff changes people. I remember the first time I went to awaken, I was like, what is happening? But it was contagious. And I'm like, this is, what, this is what church is supposed to be like. If we can get crazy for a football game, we can crazy for this, right? Jesus didn't die for an ineffective church. The church is his bride. And I, I know how I treat my bride. Well, most of the time. But I know how I treat my bride. So you better believe that we better step up and treat God's bride the way that we should. I'll end on a quote. This is not in the Bible, so just bear with me, uh, someone said to Jesus, they say, why don't you do something about all the pain and the suffering in the world? And he says, I did. I sent you. Oh. All right. The man, the myth, the legend, Pastor Matt.
1: Uh, can we give it up for our three captains? Wow. Wow. You're like, is it church? Is it Chippendale? What's happening right now? <laughs> What's happening? You take a seat real quick. John, I saw the way Lindsay ran up here, man. I, just good, good woman. You're a good man. You guys are all good men. <clears throat> I love, so I, we had a call with the captains, and uh, just kind of talked about it and they came up with this shirt thing and it's, just, it's so awesome. But it's cool that each one of them has ownership, not just of a team at Emerge, but has ownership of a team here. And all all different teams, right? just It just worked that way and God's so cool like that. <sighs> what happens at Emerge is, is men get awakened back into their purpose. And we're like, we're we all have purpose. We, we what Part of our awakening to our purpose is we're awakened to the fact that we got queens at home that we need to cherish and treat that way because God's put anointing on them and power on them and we reign together, we serve together, we do life together. So I feel two things. One, because the captain set the precedent, I don't ever want to just rah-rah and there's no practical application at our church to begin to use your gifts and serve on team we have a class called DNA and uh, guys if you could throw up that you can take a picture of that and get yourself registered for that DNA is actually really fun too they prophesy over people and you'll hear from leaders in the church and we have breakfast for you every morning for three weeks and it's just three weeks and then in there we'll also try to begin to discover where's your gifting because Jesus wants to use you in his church to form and process you into the gifting and the purses that he made you to be. You'll find you'll have a microchasm and you'll be like, man, I just, I, I have a grace in this. I have a grace in this. I've seen people that got on the fuel team and they make breakfast for our worship team because they're here at, they wake up before even the Holy Spirit wakes up. Like they are here so early. And, uh, you know, but I've seen people that from that have started massively successful catering companies, restaurants. See, see, there's always some overflow. There's always some overflow. You'll find that God's giving you confidence in a microchasm. You might have this dream to be in photography and you begin to learn how to do it here. And then next thing you know, you know, there's a couple at our church that, he was a computer engineer, but he loved photography. You're gonna hear next week, his wife's gonna do the offering message, but he just started serving at church more on a passion. Now he owns, I believe, the largest wedding photography company in California, and they're doing over, they're, they're getting close to hitting a million dollars a year in wedding revenue. And he just thought it was a little hobby, something he had a little passion. But what he learned is not only am I good at photography, but I'm a good leader because he began to lead a team, learned how to make photographers. Now people are banging down his door for his coaching how to be a wedding photographer in the house of God. So God God wants to use. So get yourself registered for that if you aren't on a team. And the second thing I want to do as we close, we're going to be done in one minute, but... I would never want to leave an opportunity like this to not not invite people into the kingdom of God. John 3 16, the most quoted verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that who would ever believe in him should not perish but would have eternal life. I really actually love the verses surrounding that because Jesus is trying to make a point. He goes back to Moses and there's a story in the the Bible about Moses and there was the people were complaining and being victims and still acting like slaves even though they'd been set free and you know God doesn't respond too well to a victim mindset because he can't grow us out of that place he came to make us not a victim but a victor but there's these uh, rabid snakes going through the camp and they were biting people and people were dying and God says make a make a staff make a make a and put a serpent a bronze serpent across it and tell the people that if they're bit by a snake if they would just look to the staff and the serpent hanging they'll get healed nothing else just trust god that even though something bad is coming at, came at you even though there is some punishment for bad behavior going on in our world right because i'll Sin has consequences, so some of us are living out consequences. But no matter what the scenario, it was just the belief. If I look to that, God said he'll he'll heal me. And Jesus comes back and he says, that was a foreshadowing of me. I'm the savior. You can't earn it. You cannot do enough to get into the good graces of God because He's holy and perfect. But Jesus would later become sin, become the very thing that disqualifies us. And he would be hung up on a on a cross. And the Bible says that if you will put your faith in him, that he's your healer, he's your forgiver. He's the one that washes you clean. And it says that you'll be born again and you'll have new life. You won't be trying to earn Salvation, trying to earn love. You'll be working from salvation, from love. And it is always going to be Jesus. We've got to smash the religiosity. People, I hear people say, I invite people to church. I try to invite everyone to church, right? I'm like, coffee shop, hey, you should come check out my church. And a lot of people say, oh, man, if I go in there, that, that thing will burn down. Uh, I got to get my life better before I go to church. And I laugh because I'm like, man, that's why the church is here. Jesus don't clean his fish before he catches them. There's no one in this room that Jesus doesn't want to heal, restore, and set free and give a new life to. So with everyone's head bowed and eyes closed, I'm not going to embarrass you, but this is a very safe place. If you need to get right with Jesus, if you need to say enough is enough, I'm not going to do it on my own anymore, but I'm going to look to Jesus. And I'm going to ask him to be the Lord of my life, and I'm going to believe that by his power and his sacrifice on that cross, I can be forgiven, healed, and restored. Friend, all of us came into this building in that same place that you might be in right now, feeling disqualified, feeling like, man, no matter how hard I try, I can't seem to do what what I I know I'm made to do, to be the person I know I'm made to be. And it's because you have a God-shaped hole in your heart and only Jesus can fill it. So if you want to get your if you want me to include you in this prayer, I have a team that's just gonna be looking, they're gonna give you a Bible after, but I want to know who I'm praying for. So everyone's head bowed, eyes closed. If you need to get your life right with Jesus, maybe you've never given your heart to him, or maybe you kind of think you did, but you're just kind of going on your own and you're saying, I'm coming back to Jesus tonight. Would you do me a favor and just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for? One, two, three, who am I praying for? Thank you. I see your hand. Once I've seen your hand, you can put it down. Thank you, I see your hand. Anyone else? Man, I feel him in this room. He is, I just feel like there's one more person here. Thank you, I see that hand. Still feel like there's one person. You just feel like you, thank you, I see your hand. You just feel like I'm disqualified, I don't is waiting on you he does the heavy lifting he's just waiting for you to look up and say and accept his love anyone else okay awesome let's all stand to our feet it's about four hands that went up right over here is Jess Peeler she's amazing she's probably we took a vote She may be the friendliest person at our church. She's in the running for sure, top three. But she's got a Bible and a book called Following Jesus. The Following Jesus book is just practical. Hey, now that you've put your faith in Jesus, here's how you grow, here's how you you step into everything He's given you. But for those of you who raise your hand, I'm gonna lead us all in a prayer. We're all gonna say out loud, if you raise your hand, I want you to pray this and mean it from your heart. And then I want you, don't, don't leave here without talking to Jess. She wants to give you a Bible and give you that book, and she just wants her and our team just want to real quick pray specifically with you and congratulate you. Church, can we give a hand for those people that raised their hand? Watch what Jesus will do when you put your hand in his hand. Let's pray this together and if you raise your hand you pray this out loud with us. Dear Jesus tonight I ask you to come into my life I believe what you said in John chapter 3 that all I have to do is believe in you and you will save me and you will restore me and you will heal me So tonight, I put my faith in you. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Forgive me my sins. I turn away from those. And I ask you to lead me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the cross and what you did for me. In Jesus' name.
0: Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenchurch.com.